Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Word Processing. My name's Andrew. I'm one of the pastors at Oak Ridge Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. And today we have a special podcast because if you're around Oak Ridge on Sunday, you'll know we had a special guest with us, uh, Dean Billings, who works for Compassion Canada, joined us on Sunday with a a booth set up and and preached the word. uh, And he's come back to join with us on the podcast today. So welcome, Dean. Thank you for being with us today. Well, good morning, uh, Andrew, and uh, good to uh, be here. And I'm uh, I'm just so thankful uh, for the opportunity to sort of follow up and flesh out a little bit more. Uh, but it's exciting to be here today. Yeah, that's exactly why we started the podcast. I'm excited that we can get you back on. I'm glad you're able to make the time kind of very short notice. I didn't even we didn't think about the idea until after the fact, but uh, <laughs> you made it work and we appreciate that. So sure. um, maybe Dean, for those who maybe missed Sunday or just to get us all refreshed back on the same page, why don't you just start by just introducing yourself and maybe a bit about your role with Compassion Canada? Sure. Yeah, well, my name is Dean uh, Bellings, married to my wife, Sarah. And uh, we live uh, we live in Stony Creek. And for the two of us, we attend uh, Philpott uh, Church in uh, downtown Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been there for a number of years. We we, we don't have children of our own. Um, we we care for children that are in need uh, in and around our, our public uh, children's aid society system. So we have the privilege of being able to care for children uh, that that find themselves in need. And so you're going to hear a bit of a, a theme here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, serving and working with compassion, and then more locally around around here um is is another another way that we really feel the lord has called us uh to serve and care for those uh in need uh and so uh yeah i've been at compassion uh for 13 years uh full time full time uh, vocation started in uh january 2010 and uh i have uh yeah my role at compassion i'm i'm a, i'm a regional relationship manager which is a fancy title to say uh, I work with local churches um, and some major donors uh, in the sort of broader Golden Horseshoe region, if I could say it. Really, that extends down uh, down towards Niagara, kind okay. of all through Hamilton, and then into the Halton, sort of Burlington, Oakville, you know, Georgetown, Milton uh, areas. And uh, I've always sort of focused in this region, and it's been really exciting because over time, you get to know more people and you develop a lot of relationships. And, uh, and so, yeah, and so at Compassion, my primary role is in focusing on developing uh, partnerships and relationships with, with, with local evangelical churches uh, and um, working with uh, major donors who really are looking for uh, a Christ-centered way uh, in how their funds might be used. Uh, and so, yeah, I get to uh, be a part of that in uh, making, that, uh, making that happen. Yeah, I think you and I were even just saying on Sunday, I think it was like probably over four years now that you and I met for the first time. And, you know, just these connections that that come up, there's so many churches in this, you know, Golden Horseshoe region and 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 so many people that have heard of compassion, maybe, or just been aware of it, but maybe don't know all the details uh, mm-hmm. as much. So great mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to, to connect more with the local church. Um, Cause I know, even as you talked about on Sunday, the, the local church is integral to the mission of compassion. Yeah. It was mentioned on Sunday that you started sponsoring with compassion back all the way in 2003. So t- what is that? 20 years ago, I guess that <laughs> yeah. should be easy math for me, but started working for them in 2010. I'm curious what kind of led to that transition? At what point did you, I mean, there's lots of people who sponsor kids, 
Mm-hmm. At what point did you feel that pull towards actually making it your vocation and your, your ministry calling? And and what did that process look like for you? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's just such a God story. You know, I came to faith in 1998 and uh, it's around Father's Day. And I uh, I wanted to do dad uh, a big favor for Father's Day. And he said, well, come to church with me on Sunday. So so I did. And, and I wasn't prepared for what happened that day and um, ended up coming to faith in Christ myself. Uh, and then a few years later, I started getting involved uh, with churches. And in and, and, and 2003, I, I attended a, a local church in Grimsby, and uh, they had someone talk about compassion for the first time. I heard that and um, meeting her sponsored child. And I was just so drawn to that. So I sponsored. And then and then over time, you know, there's there's correspondence between your sponsored child, uh, which was Malukin, which mm-hmm. I, I talked about on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, meeting, you know, and so Malukin for the first time in 2003, of S- September of 2003, and how that really started a journey uh, of both faith for me, but also unwittingly and unknowingly this journey for Malukin on the other side of the world in Ethiopia. Yeah. And over time, I, I just started getting involved a little bit more with Compassion. I started volunteering uh, and I started attending different events and different churches. And and then I became uh Bastian asked me to consider becoming a, a volunteer area manager, volunteer coordinator. And so I, I did that for a couple of years. And then I was attending an event. Uh, one time it was a youth event, actually, at Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. It used to be called Cops Coliseum. It's the first Ontario center now. But uh, I was there and, and you know, the staff member there at the time said, oh, Dean, hey, thanks for coming. I really appreciate you uh, spending your time, you know, this weekend volunteering here. Um, hey, um, have you considered applying for the role that Compassion just posted? And that 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 role was Compassion was expanding, ministry was growing, and I uh, they were wanting to add a, a full time uh, a person, full time vocational person in the role of actually being a you know a Compassion you know relational manager rep. And I looked at it and uh, I, I I shared it with my wife and we prayed about it. And I, I reached out to a couple of mentors uh, of mine and, and and some pastors. And I just went through a discerning process of, Lord, is this what you would have for me? You know, yeah. with, with, with an open hand and open open posture. You, you need to know this, Andrew. I and our listeners, I I had a I had a great job. I, I worked for Tormont Caterpillar. Um, I was just celebrating my 15th year there. Wow. I worked in Toronto at the corporate head office. Things were going great. I loved it. Uh, but my faith was growing and developing. And, and then, then there was this opportunity with compassion. And I thought, Lord, could I exercise these, these giftings and these talents and these abilities that you've given me? And c- could I do that, you know, sort of in the church and in, in, in ministry and in your kingdom? And c- can I be a part of that? And my wife and I prayed and uh, I decided to put my name in. It was kind of one of those like, you know, hey, put your name in, you know, see what happens. I don't know if you're you know. qualified, but, you know, they asked me to, I'll put it in. You never know. <laughs> well, the, the very next day they called me after I submitted. I, wow. and I waited for the last day, the deadline. It was the deadline. <laughs> I submitted my resume and a cover letter, you know, and the very next day they called me and, hey, Dean, we got your, you know. But you got to remember, they knew me because I was a volunteer and I was sure. active. And so uh, they they called me in uh, for the for the interview and then. Uh, three interviews later and a few months later yeah and they presented and I and I said yes Lord let's uh let's do this but I had a lot of peace about it and it was certainly a process and here I am 13 years later 
Uh, and here we are on this podcast today. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible story. I love hearing exactly what you just said, the, the God stories, how God has worked in people's lives, brought them to where they are, because especially I find with ministry roles, so often it is such a unique story. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, I was going a completely different direction and something got a hold of me. You know, God did something or used someone to get me to this point. And uh, what a testament to, to his faithfulness and his grace. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I love that. True. Well, Dean, I wondered if you could maybe talk a bit more now, just since we have the time, a little bit about what makes compassion unique. And this is obviously not, you know, a slam fest of other organizations, but I know in the past, you know, you bring up a child sponsorship company or program or organization. Sometimes people have a bad taste or they've heard about corruption or where's my money going or just have fears or reservations. But I know through my experience and you and I have talked as well, but I know compassion is unique, but maybe talk a bit more about what you see as incredibly valuable specifically in compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a collaboration uh, between us and the frontline global local church. What makes compassion distinctive or maybe unique um, is is the fact that it's not a, a program that you know you know we decide to develop here from Canada or the U.S. and 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 sort of roll it out across the world and hey this is what we're going to do you know it's it's truly a collaboration that happens with each and every one of our our global local churches over eight thousand of them across the low income countries in you know twenty seven countries literally and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the things that make compassion unique, you know, sponsoring a child um, is a very common sort of method. It's sort of a, it's sort of a, a common package, you know, sponsor a child, but I think sponsoring a child can be similar, but it can also be different Mm -hmm. across different organizations, you know, to your point. Yeah. What is unique at compassion is that sponsorship is, is really the financial method to live out this development um, opportunity to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. It's this development and discipleship model that is contextualized locally by the global local church and, you know, certainly scriptural and biblically filled and looking at uh, what are the what are the things that we can do in collaboration in, in equipping the frontline churches and equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry to, to end mm. or, or to at least release children from poverty. I, I, we don't think that we're going to like solve poverty, but poverty is complex. Sure. It has many aspects. It's, you know, poverty is, you know, physical, certainly it's social, emotional, it's it's cognitive. And mostly in North America, it's, you know, there's a spiritual poverty that we would say, sure. you know, we don't, we, I, I don't ever remember a time, you know, having to worry about where my next meal is going to come from. Uh, but I certainly, you know, missed out on opportunities, you know, to maybe fellowship and learn more about about who the Lord is in my life and apply that and, you know, live live life. But, you know, three three main things that I shared with on Sunday that, that you'll recall, three distinctives is that we're, we're Christ-centered, mm-hmm. uh, child-focused, and we're church-driven. And, and those three things are really key, critical, and important. I mean, being Christ-centered is is really you know what I read in the in the Good Samaritan in Luke ten it's it's responding to God's call to care yep. for the poor and vulnerable those those in need and seeing the opportunities right in front of you and yeah you know you know the the, the Good Samaritan was walking along that road and you know the priest and the Levite walked by on the other side but the, the Good Samaritan when he saw the man 
what did he what what happened he had compassion on him he recognized that this man was beaten up left half dead and needed some care and so he there was a practical need and so so living out living out his faith you know he didn't just stop and pray for him and say hey have a nice day let me pray for you and continue on but he actually picked him up threw him on his animal took him to the inn took out the two denarii you know that kind of thing and so living out our faith uh, compassion it, it happens in a culturally relevant sort of unconditional way in all that we serve, addressing the four key areas, you know, of, of poverty. Uh, but then children, child focused, you know, um, it's a relational model where we want to connect one one individual here with one sponsor or one individual child there. Yeah. Uh, and and just believe through that correspondence and letter writing, that'll really make make a big difference. Um and, and really help. And then church driven, I've kind of commented on that, you know, linking a Christ centered evangelical church globally and, you know, really, really partnering together to come up with not solutions that we think, but solutions that they truly believe will bring in change, you know, yeah. not just, you know, not just fish, but teach them to fish, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, yeah, because well, it's empowering people like in their own context and their culture and, and yet yeah. through the local church, because, you know, it's less of us you know, sending people in to try and save the day, but rather saying, you know, Christ already saved the day. Let's point you to people who can teach you about that and, and lead you in that direction. And yeah, and to me, that's sure. the one that's always really stood out for me is, is yeah, yeah. compassion's involvement with the local church globally is so, so, so important because it gives also people there in the local church an opportunity to serve in, in ways that are, are unique and, and helpful in their context too. Yeah. So very true. And, you know, um, it's it's interesting because one of the things that we've learned over a number of years, you know, Compassion's you know been an organization you know for seventy years now, which is just incredible. Um, yeah. Starting initially in you know in South Korea and then growing globally, but it's actually something that we've learned, especially the last you know 10, 15 years, is really hearing from and listening to and and responding to global local needs. How do we again going back to Ephesians? How do we equip and empower? The local church uh, to be the hands and feet. They know, they know the communities best. They know the children best, and uh, we want to create a model where where children are known, loved, and both connected but protected by the local church. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, Dean, talking about your personal experience, I'm curious. You know, 20 years sponsoring, 13 years working for Compassion. Is there anything that stands out to you as one of the more rewarding experiences in your time there? Yeah, so many, so many. The first thing that there's two things. The first thing is the the ongoing correspondence. There is nothing more, nothing more important in my day than when I receive a letter from one of our sponsored children, one of our one of our six sponsored children. It's so exciting. You know, everything stops. Like I, I don't know what happens at your house or our listeners' houses, but when I get the mail, and uh, because I, I choose to get physical letters, we we have online letter writing through through my compassion. Encourage sure. people digitally to write online, and that. But um, I just personally choose to get the letters in the mail. It's just something about it for me. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what other bills are in there, but when you get that, it just it stops your world for a moment. And my wife and I, uh, I'm not allowed to open them without opening them <laughs> with my wife, Sarah. It's so good. Yeah. It's, I, we just feel like this, this this spiritual transaction that's taking place between us, uh, the sponsored child and us, and just the encouragement and hearing. So the first thing is that correspondence that really uh, is life transforming and life changing. 
And I mentioned on Sunday when I went to visit Maluk and I, I brought with me uh, years of letters and I, you know, I actually created this life book and I, I put all of them in, and I have, I have six life books for six children. And, you know, it's just incredible to build that and share with him. So that, that was, that's really transformative and, and really rewarding for me as a sponsor, uh, you know, here all the while I thought I'm, I'm, I'm doing Maluk in a favor and Anita a favor and Donald a favor and Pearl a favor. And, but actually I'm the one who's getting blessed. And so I, I didn't anticipate that when I was doing this, I was doing this to sort of quote, help them. Uh, but really I was, I was really being helped. The second thing that really impacted me the most over all these years is like I said on Sunday, actually going and meeting yeah. Luke in person. I mean, that's like the cherry on top, you know, that's just, and, and I know not everybody can go and, and visit, but for us, um, we, we've had the opportunity to, to, to visit with a few of our sponsored children, which has been so, so rewarding. Oh, just the, the relationship there is so important. I know I have people in my my family who have um, got a chance to meet their their sponsored kids in person, but then like exactly like you talked about, grow with them, went to their wedding and like got to go and you know, be a part of these life moments because they're family, right? It's it's so much more than just a, a transaction. Yeah, it, and and for many of us, getting on a plane is not something that they're either not willing to do or, or just not able to do. And one of the exciting things about Compassion is that we've just launched, uh, well, not just, but a while ago, virtual connections where mm-hmm. you can actually meet your sponsored child over Zoom for wow. one hour. So I would encourage our listeners to go ahead yourself, you know, yeah. uh, go online, go, go to our trips and visits tab under compassion.ca and uh you can request a virtual connection and actually schedule and plan and meet your sponsored child virtually wow that's really cool i had no idea we'll definitely have to check that out for sure well dean we were here on sunday you you had a table full of of child packages and 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 different information we're always going to have people who look at it think about it maybe even take one of those packages home and maybe there's something just holding the back a little bit what would you say to those who have considered sponsorship, but maybe there's something that's just kind of getting in the way they're, they're not sure if they want to take that leap. Yeah. Well, I would say, I would say this, I mean, the, 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 the first part is that they have it in there, you know, they, they want to give that they just don't know where to give and who to trust. I think that's what it comes down to. It's you know, the, the right way, the right use of my, the, the right. right yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, I, I know. I, I sort of feel like I should do this, but I just don't know. Well, I mean, one of the ways is conversations like this. I think it's getting to know who you're considering giving to and what that looks like. And it's also um, a matter of what is some of the impact that's happening? You know, I appreciate the financial question. Hey, how much of the money goes to? And and that's an important question. But if you're not asking the second most important question, or maybe in some people would say the first most important question is what is the actual impact that's happening with those dollars? Yeah. Um, you know, what's the, what's the opportunity? Is that transform? enough? Are they actually transforming lives? Are they, yeah. What's the journey? You know, I, I said this on Sunday, there is a hope more powerful than poverty. Yeah. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And so, I mean, we got to keep our eyes focused on him. We got to, you can be assured for anybody who's doubting or doubting or wondering. I mean, we all have the minute, we're all charged with the responsibility of the ministry of reconciliation to share our faith and, and Christ yep. with others. And one thing that you can be assured of is that is happening through compassion. Hmm. Uh, that's really good. Well, Dean, I don't want to take too much more time today, but I did just want to just before we wrap up, 
just really acknowledge something that you said on Sunday that I think really stuck with me, whether it has to do with, you know, sponsoring kids or, or really anything. But I love the, the sentiment you mentioned. Sometimes interruptions can be invitations. How, you know, this good Samaritan was walking along the road and, and he had somewhere he was going and yet he was interrupted and what an invitation it turned into. And I don't know if you want to speak more to that briefly or, or I just think it's a great illustration. Yeah, I, you know, I think the the spiritual underpinning on that is that God is sovereign. He, he is in control. And, you know, what we do on this earth and, and how we live our lives is, is a response to him, you know, uh, to living out our faith. And so interruptions happen all the time in our lives. You know, this is a good example in the Good Samaritan. But I think wh- when we look at it through sort of uh, the biblical context of God's sovereignty, you know, we see in you know, Romans 11 and Colossians 1 and, and Jeremiah 32, there's several, you know, well, let, let me just read this, you know, uh, Romans 11, 33, God knows all things past, present, and future. There's no limit to his knowledge, for he knows everything completely before it even happens. And as a result of that, he also knows where the needs are the greatest. And, you know, we we pray and ask God, you know, Lord, you know, if there's a need, let me know, you know, Lord, uh, help us to do the right thing. God, with wisdom, we want to live it out. And then sometimes he does, and it's just not convenient for us. And so my comment there is just consider that perhaps that interruption is really a prompting or a nudging or an opportunity or an invitation as I coined it on Sunday. Yeah. Mm, I love the sentiment. Dean, thank you so much for we're not only coming to join with us on Sunday and, and preaching the word, but uh, taking this extra time today to just explain a little bit more. And where should people go if they want some more information, they want to learn a little bit more about compassion? I know we sent out a link on our email chain to everyone at Oak Ridge, but uh, if people want to find some more information. Yeah, so go to that link because that link also leads them to uh, Compassion's uh, website and and more information and so that yeah go directly to that Perfect. link and that that'll direct them directly right in awesome yeah it got sent it on our email and i think it's getting put up on our website at some point too so and then hey i mean if you happen to be listening to this i mean today's you know march the 21st march 19th was sunday but if you know if you happen to be listening to this months later or, or you know go to compassion.ca and uh, you'll find the information there yeah That's a good call. Awesome. Well, Dean, thank you so much again. And uh, listener, until next time, uh, go with grace and peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.